the reason why I'm like promoting the the fact that I was a engineer before and I dropped my job to follow my dream mm-hmm. is because I want to inspire other people to do so. Hey folks, welcome to episode three of Backstage Pass, the podcast by Front Row Ventures, taking you behind the scenes into Canada's tech ecosystem and its success stories. We'll be hosting Canada's top investors, founders, tech minds, and we'll be asking them the questions that matter to you. I'm Raphael, your co-host. I'm a tech investor at Real Ventures, co-founder and CEO at Front Row Ventures. FRV is Canada's first and largest university-focused VC firm. We invest in those leveraging cutting-edge technologies to create and redefine industries. Today, Tianxi and I are thrilled to welcome Matt as our guest. Matt is an artist and content creator who has over 2 million followers and more than 400 million views on various social platforms. He has been known for disrupting how people consume art using social platforms. He has built his brand on pop art, pop art for virtual platforms. Graduating from an engineering degree, he was working on the investment team of Front Row Ventures and he has started his career as a mechanical engineer. A bit more than a year ago, Matt quit his engineering job, moved away to Vancouver and started his artistic career. Without further ado, let's welcome Matt Chesco. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure for me. Hi, Matt. It's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Would you mind explaining to our viewers what exactly you do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, so I make videos uh, that are kind of magical, and I paint (laughs) uh, famous people. That's basically what I do. It's it's the best. I think it's the best explanation, the shortest, but the best explanation we've got on the show so far. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> would you would you would you care ex- get, get give us a bit more than that so yeah, so sure um what so so you're doing amazing art uh you're doing amazing videos um maybe describing a bit more, the magical what do you mean by magical okay so what made me famous is i make videos of me painting but it's not the usual video so what i do is um when I'm making my paintings, I take a lot of pictures while I'm doing them. And then when I'm done, I record myself in front of a green, uh, a green canvas. So I have uh, canvases, all sizes that are just painted in green. And I just film myself in front of the canvas. And then on my computer, I'm able to remove the green from the canvas and replace it with the pictures I took. So then, um, I make videos where I'm like waving my paintbrush at the canvas, but on the beat of uh, music. So on the beat of uh, famous songs or songs that are trending on TikTok. And uh, it the result is, uh, I think, pretty entertaining because gets a lot of attention, a lot of views. <laughs> and I think people like it. And I think it's because it's unique. And also because uh, it's always nice to see a video when the sound is matching uh, the movements, the action. So jumping in here, because you said you talked about like what got you famous, but for listeners that might not be aware of, um, first of all, I am a big fan, but also for, for listeners that would not be aware of, of what it means exactly to be famous and, and all of those things, like what, 
um, what does it represent for you? Like, like, what is it? Uh, what is it that we're talking about here? Like, do you have like total numbers and metrics at our face here? Um, just, just to give a, an, an idea of, of, of scale here for the listeners. Okay. So, um, I would say on my TikTok. So I have TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube that are working really well. And on my TikTok, I get on average like 4.5 million views. On Instagram, I get like 300,000 views on average every video. And YouTube is like uh, almost 3 million views every video. So that's a lot of views. But uh, I think it's because I only have like a handful of videos that got a lot of of uh, attention um, um, and I got like 1.7 million followers on TikTok, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and how much time did you manage to accumulate like all those followers and all those views? Okay, so I did my first video in November 2019. And back then I was not a full-time artist and it was one of my first paintings ever. I hadn't sold any mm-hmm. artwork, any painting. So I did this video in November 2019. And uh, it, it was my first like magical video. And I, I didn't know if it was good or not. I just did that because I thought it would be amazing. And um, I just got this idea out of nowhere. I tried it. it took me like one week, a whole week to do the first video. <laughs> And then I posted it on Instagram. Sorry, Ref, what do you want to say? No, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. Sorry. So I posted a video on Instagram. And back then I had like, I don't know, a hundred followers on Instagram. And I posted the video and there's a, a girl I didn't know. And she posted it in her Instagram story. And she said, wow, this is amazing. It's I I have never seen anything like this. I watched it like 20 times. And that's I think that's when I knew I had a good concept and all my friends were just reaching out and telling me this was amazing. And uh like the first painting was not extraordinary. It was really like simple, just a face. There was no hair. Just it a was, face. No, but the concept was there though. Because I yeah, was one exactly. of those first fans. <laughs> yeah. <need> to say. <laughs> but but I was just about to say like November 2019. So so we're recording that here is December 2020. It's like like it's just been it just turned a year. Isn't it crazy yeah. how like and I remember I guess like I'll speak for myself because I remember being obviously we work together in a complete different context and in, in, in we'll get there. We'll talk about your background in a second. Cause you don't have what I, I, I call like a, a normal usual art, artist background. But um, yeah, I remember looking, watching that video and being like, Oh shit, that's fucking cool. And you remember we saw each other at the holidays last year yeah. uh, in our, in our hometown. And I was like, dude, that's fucking sick. What you're, <laughs> what you're doing um, anyway. So, so, but, talking about your background because because that's that's where it got it gets like more and more amazing is that you're an engineer by training we've obviously worked together at front row so like in in the tech startup investor uh you've you've even led some uh, of investments at front row you've invested in Sevalgo, uh which is one of our portfolio companies at front row um so like it was very new by the way 
Uh, Mourinho, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I said Sivaldo. No. I'm in yeah, Mourinho. Um, yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> thanks God you were there. Um, but I, so, so, so what got you there? Like, how did you get to um, basically becoming an artist? So when I was a kid, I always liked stuff that was related to art. I really liked drawing. So I think when I was like five, um, my mom said that every time we would enter the house, I would run and grab pencils and papers and start drawing. And I would never stop. And there are like family videos where everybody is having a good time. And I'm just in the background <clears throat> with my pencils and papers and just drawing quietly and not saying a thing. Um, so I think it's always been like a passion of mine, but uh, I never really pursued that career, that uh, uh, professional way, because I didn't know how I could make a living out of it. And then when I entered university in 2013, I started painting on my free time. So I had never really painted like seriously before that. So I started painting in 2013 uh, on my free time while I was at university. And in the beginning, I was just experimenting a lot of different things like abstract art, um, mainly abstract art, I would say. I was trying to come up with uh, the fastest way to do a painting and have people like it, even though it would have taken me like a really short time. <laughs> and... And then in the middle of university, I dropped out because I knew the engineering like career path was not for me. Um, and I had no plan of coming back. And I started a mobile app with my cousin and my twin brother. And that's when I met you, Ref. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's where we, we met again, because obviously we went the same primary school in our home, like home, like long, long, long time ago. But still, it was kind of like the first time we met in like our adult life. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we grew up like a few houses. Yeah, legit. The from street. one another. Yeah, like one street and, away from each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we never really no. like met or we didn't know each other because you were a year younger. Exactly. Yeah. So we never really talked to each other before we actually got this meeting where I was doing this mobile app and you had this uh, company that was doing mobile apps. Yeah, it was a design and then, agency and a mobile agency. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, volume seven. And we were exactly. just talking about mobile apps. And then you told me about Front Row Ventures. And I remember after this meeting, I couldn't stop thinking about Front Row Ventures because I thought the concept was amazing and and I, I wanted to be part of it. And then I think it was like four months later, I reached out and I said, hey, I, like, how can I join? And then <laughs> yeah. I got two like interviews and and then you you brought me on the team, uh, even though it was like half year. Yeah, we brought you. We brought you after after the the whole team. And I remember basically telling you like, "Hey, man, like you usually don't take people that late in the process, but if you yeah. can do the work by your own." And you came back, and, and I was like, "You have a week to do the work," and you, and you came back a couple of days later, being like, "Hey, I'm done." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Hmm, okay, he's he's really in it for 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 the right reason." But wait, so at that point, were you back in school? 
Or um, was that in your... Okay. So when we met, I was... It was in the summer. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, I was... It was... Uh, so I dropped school, university for four months. So and four, that was there. That four was months there after there. I quit, I came back to finish my, <laughs> my bachelor's degree. And when I joined Frontal Ventures, I was actually back to university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... Um, so I so got from back. the engineering to 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 getting because that's that's where it gets it gets interesting <laughs> from graduating. Yeah. yeah. So um, I finished university. I did four semesters back to back. Was really like hard because I was working at the same time, and I was in front row ventures, and I was still trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my life, and. I finished university in August 2019 and uh, sorry, 2018. So I finished university in 2018 and uh, on a a Saturday, I had my last exam and on Monday, I started working as a mechanical engineer. So I did, I knew I was not a big fan of engineering, but I thought, you know, maybe I should just give it a try and see what happens so i i found a job i had a really interesting position so i was the right arm of the ceo where i was working but you know we were only four so that doesn't mean a lot but uh it was like a small company and we had a million dollars of income every every year for just four people that's i think that's a lot of money it is and uh, <laughs> i was uh, yeah it's good and I was the, so I was the mechanical engineering engineering lead, and the right arm of the CEO. I was actually the only mechanical engineer, so that was really like interesting because I was like doing everything. And how and, long did you work there afterwards? Uh, I was gone on Thursday. <laughs> oh wow! So it was like so. So if if those people days. are listening, we we say hi to them. And then on Thursday night, I listed the pros and cons of keeping my job. And in the pros section, the only thing I wrote was that I was making an income. So it was pretty clear for me that I needed to quit like right away. And I felt like I was making my boss lose its its his time because he was mm-hmm. I was still in a like in a formation, was still in teaching training. me everything. Yeah, I was still in training. So uh, on on a Friday, I came to work and I printed my quitting letter at the office. And then when my boss came, I just gave him my uh, my re- resignation letter. And at ten thirty, I was gone. But the thing is, I had no idea what like I was gonna do like in the afternoon or the next week. And my boss actually asked me that he was like what so, are you gonna <laughs> what are you gonna do now and i had no idea i was not prepared i just knew i i needed to quit and i said the first thing that came to my mind and i said you know what i'm gonna be an artist and like and nothing you told to, him that yeah i told him that that's so the, cool. these exact words <laughs> and to be honest at that time i don't know how i said that because I I had nothing to back this up because 
I hadn't sold any right, artwork. Right, because you had a couple of drawings. Nothing done. Yeah, <laughs> I had nothing done, you know? Got it. So I, I quit. And so that was uh, August 2018. And then I started working on my art and my artistic style. And to make a living, I was doing websites and graphic design. And then uh, Terence from InVivo AI w got uh, into the Techstars program. Yeah. And he told me, hey, you should apply like as a graphic designer and be the designer for 10 teams for two months. And I was like, dude, I have nothing to lose. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I, so that I was, did that. So, so that was in the fall 2019 or 2018? That was 2018. 2018 and basically after that you work for a designer for a whole year yeah so i like did that? web design and graphic design for a year and a half almost and so when i say i quit my job is it means that that uh in january of this year i dropped all my contracts and uh, all my customers everybody that i was you're, doing what you're referring to is because because on your socials is basically it's written that you uh you quit your job in early 2020 and became an yeah. artist is that what you're referring to yeah exactly okay okay so when you say that you quit your job it was not the first the first engineering job it was like the the whole designers like yeah it was like like that yeah it was like that design slash web design job that i had created for myself Got it, got it. Yeah. yeah, which which you were living out of, for the record. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. So I do, I do want to, because that's like, like, I understand that it was kind of a dream of of yourself, but but here, like, I I do want to make listeners understand the scale and what you're building here, because to us, I was talking with Tianxi before, like prepping for for that podcast, and. It's just amazing to us because not only it's it's at some level it's meta because it's art into art like what you're building it's like the videos yeah. are art by themselves but also mm -hmm. like the, the the art like you're painting you're doing real paintings that you're really selling yeah. um and it's like the the best way that we we came up with it's like mm -hmm. basically pop art for virtual social platform i went to art school as a kid so i come from like a pretty artistic background too and i'm a yeah. huge andy warhol fan and when i saw that you were making pop art but you were actually not making pop art. You were making a video of yourself making pop art overlaid onto music. You optimize pop art for such a great virtual platform and you're able to reach like so many people. And so that to me was really, really interesting. And what like, because the thing is like when we push it further, what's what's so interesting to us here is that it's it's so much comparable to how startups are disrupting some industries. The yeah. way that we were looking at what you're doing is that like you're basically... Uh, a start first of all an artist is a startup but in, like by itself right it's like you're, you're building yourself it's like a business you need to find new clients to kind of find find your product market fit which could have been happening for you like in the past year or so when your videos became kind of viral like i guess that that would have been the product market fit if if we talk into startups term um but more importantly here and and what we want to get into here is that um, exactly like a startup is disrupting a market. Like we looking at your things, like you're disrupting how artists are, first of all, distributing uh, their art, but more importantly, how artists like are using and leveraging the new, um, the new social platforms. Um, so 
we're, we're interesting here to like, how did it came about? Like, is it, was it just normal to you to kind of go to those social platform? Was it like, what was the thought process behind the idea of, um, I'll make some paintings and I'll take shit ton of photos and I'll do videos with them. Cause that's like, that's the, like, there's a magic here. Yeah. So when I was in high school, uh, when I got out, when I was uh, finishing high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was, uh, there were a few like careers I was considering. And one of them is, uh, was uh, 3d animation. Cause I really like, uh, movies and 3D movies and um, so on my last year of high school I made a stop motion video with Legos <laughs> so I took like I don't know 10,000 pictures and I made a stop motion uh, like a nine minute stop motion with a story of Legos living on the moon and, and here we're talking like a full like like you're animating basically Legos. Is that yeah like exactly? Okay. <laughs> so I was 16 in my parents' basement doing like for three months straight. I just worked on this stop motion video. So I always like stop motion and videos. That's so. Cool. And <laughs> I think that's kind of why I got this idea because I don't I don't think I would have gotten this idea without like having done this stop motion video. So when I started painting, I knew that I needed to find a nice concept, a nice video concept that people would want to watch. And that would be different because there are so many artists, there's so many painters, so many people uh, putting paint on canvases and just taking pictures, putting them out on Instagram or just doing uh, time lapses of them painting so it's not original. Everybody has seen that and it's everywhere and it's, it all looks the same. Uh, so when I started painting, I knew I needed a good concept. And I think I saw a statistics once that says 80% uh, of what people consume on social media is videos. So I knew I had yeah. to like do videos and uh, you know, if you have a video and it's a minute long, People are going to spend a minute looking at your video. But if it's just a picture, you're going to look at it for like a few seconds and then move on to the next thing. So I knew I, I needed to come up with a nice video concept. And back then I was living in Vancouver. I had a roommate. So uh, now we're in uh, 2019 in the summer. And... Uh, wait, in November, actually. So November 2019. <laughs> so I was living with my roommate and he told me about TikTok. So he told me like, this thing is crazy. People are like... That was the first time you heard about TikTok, basically. Yeah, exactly. That was in November 2019. So like a year ago. And he told me about TikTok. I didn't know what it was. So I downloaded TikTok and I think I watched videos for like three days straight. And then... I was like, okay, I need to like do videos for TikTok. So short videos using like trending songs. But wait, basically. so at that point, were you, did you try doing some paintings at that point? Or was that after the TikTok discovery that you, you started painting? Not the, okay. not the, not the painting plus the videos, but I guess like at that point in the, in the fall last year, were you, all, were you already painting a bunch of different things, kind of like getting your artistic stock of the ground? 
So I was doing a lot of paintings, but they were uh, almost abstract at that okay. time. And um, so when he told me about TikTok, I had already done my first video on Instagram, uh, the one I, I talked about and the yeah, girl, just I didn't face, know, yeah. like, yeah, really liked it. So I had already done this video and then I discovered TikTok and then I just went, oh, okay, so I just need to make the same thing I'm already doing, but make shorter videos and use trending songs. And and then, uh, so three days after discovering TikTok, I told my roommate, I'm going to I'm gonna create a TikTok account and start posting videos on there. And he was like, man, this thing is for kids, man. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. So I started posting my videos on TikTok. And uh, I think, the fourth painting, the fourth video I ever did was Billie Eilish. The three paintings yeah. before that were just faces with no hair. And I did the uh, Billie Eilish painting. So now we're in uh, December, uh, January 2020. And I did the Billie Eilish painting. I posted the video and it got a lot of views. I think it got like 17 million views on TikTok. And uh, my dad told me, Dude, your painting is so good, man. I think even Billy would want that. So I think at that point, it was really clear for me that my paintings were nice and my videos were good. So I could just focus on that. And uh, I knew it was going to work well. And that's when I decided to drop all my customers, all my contracts. So let's let's break it down a bit here, because because your videos are so special. Because one, you're painting famous people. Two, you're doing that kind of like art, which which Yanchi referred to like pop art, which which is is amazing to the eye. But more importantly, you're also so in those videos, you're you're mixing, uh, you're 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 painting on on the rhythm of a song. Yeah. Um, and you at at least at the beginning, I'm not sure if it's still true, but at least at the beginning, you were always from the like we would never see your face right and i think like is it still a concept here yeah it's okay it's... cool so those different things here those those different breakouts and, and there's like more to it but like were all of those things kind of just came along um like randomly or is it like do you try different things and kind of ended up with that perfect mix of of things that 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 took off on on tiktok um, so my first video, I was like, it was almost the same as today. The only difference was the camera angle was different. So we could see like almost half of my face and uh, there was no black screen in the back. I was just filming in my bedroom. And uh, so the, I think the only thing that changes the angle of the camera and the background. So the I think the only reason why I don't show my face is because I haven't come up with a nice way of painting and actually showing my face at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think uh, people uh, have so many questions when they look at my videos and they're really curious like, to know what I look like. And mm -hmm. yeah. I do have a question about like, um, just to state up like, what what you're doing right now. So a lot of your videos have gone like fully viral. They've gone to like hundreds of millions of views. And I was going to ask you like, what does it mean to go viral? Like, how does that, 
like affect what you're doing? Like, how does that affect monetization? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so um, first of all, on TikTok, there is no monetization, so you you mm-hmm. don't make any money from uh, TikTok, and so Instagram and YouTube have this copycat of TikTok, which is exactly the same. So you just post videos with songs, and it's fifteen or thirty seconds, and uh, it's the same formula. So you don't you don't make money. You cannot monetize that because the videos are too short. So for for now, I haven't made a single penny from posting my videos on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. So the, I make money from selling my paintings and from partnerships. So I often get uh, hired to use specific songs in my videos to promote. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, wow. So wait, so partnership is, it's not only like the, cause, cause you, you recently did a, a partnership with RFC Barcelona. Is that yeah. a partnership? Okay, cool. So, so first of all, this one was amazing. We'll come back to that. Um, but, but people are paying you to use their song. Yeah. So it's not the artists themselves. It's like they're managing uh, teams that reach out to me and they're like, Hey, uh, can you use this song in your next video? And what's your rate? And then, I just tell them how much it's going to be and they pay and I use the song and that's it. It's so interesting because earlier I had, when I was talking, like when I was breaking down your concept, it was also something that I wondered at some point. I was like, is he, because making like it fit on the rhythm of the song, you know, like when, like as you're painting, I guess like I was like, oh, I guess like he's choosing songs that he likes and that would fit with the the, the number of, I don't know, number of hit that he needs to do in the painting or whatever. Um, But I realize now that it's actually like there, there's more, there's more thoughts to it. Huh? Well, I would say it's like half and half. So half of my videos are partnerships and the other half is just me choosing the songs I want. And I'm not going to lie. I get a lot more views when I, I, I choose my own songs because sometimes the songs uh, that they want me to promote, uh, they're, not the best (laughs) because if they're good they will be trending already and i'll just use them like the billy the billy eilish or like the the, like the 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 songs that you use at the at the beginning were kind of i mean that and the fate the fact that it's like billy eilish in the painting i guess like that helped as well did you but like did you by the way get like retweeted or like we reposted by some of those artists that you're painting because you've painted a lot of super fucking famous people whoops i said fuck. (laughs) (laughs) so um i think the only person that was really famous that reposted my video without like reaching out or warning me was uh chris brown so i made a painting of chris brown on the beat of his latest song and I just posted this on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And then one day I woke up and I had like 4,000 more Instagram followers. And I didn't know where they came from. And then I realized that uh, Chris Brown just reposted my video on his Instagram page. And so if you go on uh, Chris Brown's page, all the comments are turned off. So if you want to interact with a video, the only thing you can do is like read the description and this, the description was only like my name. That's it. There was nothing else. So, so people, people just wow, followed that you. Is, that is awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. That was like a free, 
$50,000 ad. <laughs> wow, but wait, so, so but other people, other p famous people have reached out to you as well, like to do something afterwards or is that like not, because um, I would guess that they get, they get, they get tagged in so many different things. Uh, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of famous people have seen my paintings that I did of them, but uh, they don't repost it. I did Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio. Mm -hmm. Her mom saw the paintings and she posted them in her Instagram stories, but nothing else happened. I, that was really cool, by the way. But uh, it's cool. I didn't. I mean, they are so they are so famous. Charlie Charlie is so famous. I think she's the the most famous TikToker in the world. Something like that. I don't think people realize how famous she is. Like, I think mm -hmm. she gets like a hundred million views every day. That means, oh, wow. she, God, she reaches like every day. She reaches a hundred million people. I don't think there's anybody in the world that reaches that many people every day. So, I, but but so she. Let's just come back a bit on the monetization part because I didn't know that. So, is there like because I would guess that she makes obviously money out of those followers, and is it because like her video are longer? Like how like how can you make money on like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube? Is it just because your video are not long enough? Like how would you be able to kind of like monetize that in a way? I would say that's the art part. It's trying to figure out a way to make money from getting so many views mm -hmm. so on tiktok people make views because they like i do they promote songs or they promote uh, products so i did that once so uh, i promoted it was notepads in the shape of Hogwarts castle the company sent me the notepads and i just painted harry potter and then <laughs> i showed the notepads that were like in the shape of Hogwarts castle Yeah. And uh, so the rule of thumb on TikTok is $1 per thousand views. So if you do a partnership for a song and you get like a million views, you will get a thousand dollars. So people like Charlie D'Amelio, they make so much money when they do wow. partnerships because like she gets 20 million views every video, at least if it's not like 30 or 40. So she makes, she makes like 30 grands every video she makes uh and that is a partnership which is pretty amazing yeah one question i sort of yeah. had is like right now you have like you know 1.7 or close to 2 million followers on tiktok and like probably over 2 million if you account for like all of your platforms like you're at a point where you're pretty well established so what is the next step for you in terms of art like are you going to stick with pop art or are you going to like experiment with different forms of art maybe like movie production like what what, what are you thinking of Okay, so right now I'm focusing on, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing for at least a year because I figured out that um, I can get a lot of attention and views from just doing TikTok videos and reposting exactly the same thing on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And now there's uh, Snapchat Spotlight, which is uh, basically the same thing. So the algorithm on these like four platforms, if you include TikTok, is almost all of the same. So I'll just keep doing that for a year. Um, I'd like to paint other stuff than canvases like clothing or just merch or iPhones, iPads. Uh, and in the future, I'd like to paint bigger stuff like cars or helicopters. I don't know, man. <laughs> whatever, 
I can do, I'll just do it. And um, somehow I'd like to move and uh, move to the next step and do longer videos and post them on YouTube. So I'd like to do like behind the scenes or just me answering my fans' questions or uh, just um, doing some kind of vlogs and uh, filming like all the steps I follow to make a video. And I'd like to like, like I said, do different stuff than just canvases. I think that people would want to see that. But I'm still figuring out everything because uh, I'm just starting and I'll, I'll try a yeah. few different things and I'll see what works best and I'll just keep doing that. So speaking of fan interaction here, because um, I would guess like getting... Uh, I, I'm not even close to understanding what it means to be to be to be followed by so many people. But <laughs> what does it mean exactly in terms of kind of interaction here? Because I would guess that a lot of people are reacting to your videos, or reacting, or messaging you, or like trying, like just trying to interact in some kind of way with you. Um, and I I would guess that like because you came from kind of a quote unquote normal background. So how was the ramp up for you to kind of like? receiving all of those notifications from those different platforms and messages and like love, like some, I would guess that there's a lot of love, a lot more than like hate, but like how, how was it for you the ramp up of like becoming quote unquote famous on, on socials? Um, so I, I remember when I was starting uh, the negative comments would affect me a lot, even though like there, there are not many like haters, but like you can be like the best person in the world, like a mix of Gandhi and Jesus and people will find a way to like hate you. So once I realized yes. that <laughs> I just, I just uh, started uh, not caring about the negative comments because, you know, all of the time, every time someone posts something that's negative, it's because there's something not going well with their lives and they're just, trying to uh, transfer this negativity to other people. So like, if your life is perfect, you have no reason to hate someone else. That's, that's what I like to think. So, yeah. um, so in, in the beginning, uh, the negative comments would affect me a lot. And I would try to answer every comment. And uh, rapidly, I was not able to keep up. So I just turned off like the notifications for... Every oh, is that true? You got to the point where you're not even receiving the notifications of like the likes or the, the comments or things like that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And but are you um are people are still able to comment, right? On your on your post? Because I guess like you mentioned the Chris Brown, but a lot of people, I guess like that's where you get like in the 50 millions or whatever, like the, the real, real famous people that are receiving real, real hate. Um, but you you're not to that point where you're disabling uh the 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 comments on your post or whatever. Oh, uh, I have no reason to do that because that's how the comments people... are really nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. cool. I guess when, yeah. when you're Chris Brown, it's a whole different story. Um, but in your case, in your case, no, it's, me, like, it's like 1% of the comments are negative, but you know, you can read a hundred nice comments and then you read one shitty comment and it, it gets to you. Yeah. It affects your whole day. This is really sad, but it's the truth. So I mm -hmm. guess you just have to uh, 
don't care about the comments that are negative. Well, one thing that's always like sort of boggled me was like how you managed to produce like such high quality art while laying another layer of art on it. And um, as you mentioned before, you, you essentially started this a year ago and you were studying, you know, working part-time or, or full-time working at FRV. So you've been doing a lot of stuff during university. And one thing I've had, I've struggled with at university is like learning how to keep my habits and like getting better at my like habits and study at the same time. And so my question to you is like, how did you manage to like, like continuously get better at art and get so good at it while doing all these other things? Mm, that's a good question. I think, um, Every time you do something on the spot, you think it's amazing. But when you look back at it, like <clears throat> a month later, you kind of realize like how people see it. So what I was doing is I would do like a painting every month. And then a month later, I would look back at my painting and then I would see it with different, a different uh, approach, different perspective. And then I would see like what's not really nice about the painting, what I could make better. So I think if you look like at my paintings in the last two years, uh, you can see progress. Like in the beginning, it's like so, so I don't think anybody would have bought my paintings in the beginning. And then as you move over, uh, as you move closer to today, uh, it gets better and better, I think hopefully <laughs> but yeah it's it's really um trial and error and a lot of feedback so my twin brother is one of the best person for this so every time i do a painting so i do a lot of a b testing oh that's good so that's what good. i do is okay so i always do the design in photoshop first because i can and it's, it al allows me to try the different different combinations of shapes and colors. So I, I do a lot of A-B testing. So uh, let's say, I, I don't know if the background is better in blue or yellow, which is a really basic example. I just do both of them. I put them on my screen side to side, and then I'm like, okay, the blue is better. And I do that a lot of times while the, doing the design of my paintings. And I think this really helped to come up with something that's uh, pretty uh, original, unique and appealing. I'm so I'm so happy that you went there yourself because I wanted I wanted to ask about because you're probably the perfect mix between uh, like tech engineer and like an artist because you're you just explained that you're using photo Photoshop um, and A-B testing with with people with your family around you, your love circle around you. Um, but, but also that you're the way that you make art is basically using like, like animation and like, like Photoshop and like videos and things. So it's like, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how you're combining everything that you've learned so far in your life to kind of achieve the art that you're doing. Um, but I, I do want to double click here on the, the real part, like where you're making, like you, you said earlier that you're taking pictures while, while you're, you're painting. So how does that work? Uh, like, is it that you have uh, like, like painter, like a canvas you're painting and every like five minutes you're stopping or there's a camera behind you that's always filming. Like how, how does that work? The, the process of like making that. Okay. So in, uh, I have a room with, uh, a black, uh, uh, a black, uh, blanket on the wall and 
I have a easel, an easel and a tripod that are always at the same place in the room. So I have like small X's on, on the floor. So I always place them at the, right, at the same place. And, and then, uh, so what people don't realize is I only take like a few pictures. I take maybe like six or seven pictures every time I do a painting. So what I do then is in Photoshop and Adobe Premiere Pro, I do what we call rotoscoping. So, so I just take, uh, let's say I take the first picture and it's just, I don't know, the first layer of red and some black uh, shapes here and there. And then um, what I do is while I, I'm, uh, so I film the video and then in my uh, software, I just put a dot every place I clicked. So by mm -hmm. the way, I never said that to anyone. I know, I know, because <laughs> I remember, I remember last time, and and don't get too much, like don't don't give too much here. But I remember last time, last year when I saw you, I was like, "How are you doing it?" And you're like, "Huh, that's my secret." So I'm, I was getting so excited here that you were explaining it. <laughs> but you know what? I I think. I really want to like explain to people how, how I do it because people are really curious and I think yeah they uh, would really uh, allow me to get more uh, attention and wait uh, so without giving everything I want to be away, transparent yeah 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 without giving everything away here because I feel that that would make a, such a great behind behind the scenes video for you <laughs> that could go really viral uh, but I guess like one thing that first of all i learned a couple of seconds ago is that you're taking only like five six pictures that that amazes me but now i realize how maybe probably you're doing it um but i'm interested in like the creative process that you got there because like you're talking about x's on the floor you're talking about like different pictures like is that process what was long or again like it was was that just like a couple times and you got just got just used to it and kind of like better at it but um, did you start with like much more pictures? It's like, or was it just like, huh, it was like that and it worked. Mm. So I continued. Yeah, it's a really good question. So when I started the first time I, the first video I made, my plan was actually to uh, do a paintbrush, a paint, uh, a, uh, a brush stroke, take a picture, do another brush stroke and so on. And like take, 2000 pictures or something maybe less like i don't know right but take more pictures. than five six point point being is, is yeah more. exactly and then i realized that this was so complicated because every time i take a picture um even though i have x's on the floor and my easel and my uh, tripod are at the exact exact same place the pictures are not exactly the same so the the cropping is not exactly aligned with all the pictures so that meant every picture i took i had to align it with the picture before so it would have been so much time consuming so mm. that's when i came up with this with with uh, this technique of just doing rotoscoping and taking like six pictures uh but the first video i made took me like two weeks i, I think i said one week but it was more like two weeks it's just me thinking, how, how can I do that? Because, you know, nobody had done that before. So right. I had to come up with the whole process, which was really hard. 
And I guess it's like finding a scalable way because you know that you want to reproduce that and do more pictures, more, more, more paintings with it. So I guess like that's the, that's why I was also thinking about it because it's a, uh, um, I mean, I told you that before, but when you look at the videos, you're like, oh my Lord, it would take like three months for me to achieve what you're, <laughs> what you're achieving. So, and obviously yeah. I get like just the frequency that you're releasing a, a painting in a video. Um, it doesn't take you three months. So that's why I was wondering. Um, if you allow me here, because I do want to double click on one thing. Um, we've talked about Vancouver, but really quickly. Um, and, and I think, um, cause I remember back just before you went to Vancouver, because obviously you're from Montreal, uh, we grew up in the same hometown, but basically what happened is that when you graduated, when you, 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 you did design for a couple months and things like that, at some point, I remember we met with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people that were also in front row ventures and you told us yeah, I'm leaving like tomorrow for Vancouver. And we were like, what do you mean? Uh, and you were like, yeah, I don't really know what I'll go there, what I'll go do there, but I'm leaving for Vancouver because I need to change. And and from my point of view, because obviously you were doing your things, but from my point of view, that was kind of like fall 2019. And that like fall led into you becoming Mac Chesco. So like how, and and, and I guess like my question here is like, what happened? What was the process? Because I would guess, and that's more like on a personal perspective here, like you got to Vancouver, an engineer, a designer, someone that was kind of in the search for a career. And you came back to Montreal like a couple months, a year later, and you were Matt Chesco. So what was the process that you went there on the personal level? And like, obviously, because on the career level, it's kind of obvious you became Matt Chesco, but on the personal level, how was that process? Yeah, so I love this question because um, when I was in Montreal, I was already doing paintings and videos, and not videos, but, but paintings. And I was doing the web design and graphic design on the, on the side, like I was mm -hmm. saying. And um, I think my goal was to try and live from my art as soon as possible. And uh, I was not making a lot of money from web and graphic design because I only have a few customers and it was not paying well. So I was not making a lot of money and I was spending a lot of time on my art and that was making zero dollars for me. And every week, uh, people around me were telling me like, what are you doing, man? You can just go back to uh, find a job as an engineer and make like 50,000 a year and you don't have to worry about anything. But I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. and. I really didn't want to do that because I think so many people have uh, uh, office jobs that they don't like, but they don't do anything about it. In the beginning, they just tell themselves, okay, I don't like it, but I'm just going to keep going. And one day I'll, I'll just do what I love. And, and then they wake up and they are 80 years old and yeah, they haven't done anything. They just and worked they in their the life. same and they hate their, their lives. And, <laughs> I think I saw stats once that said that they ask 80 years old, do you regret the career you chose? And 80% said yes, which is really scary. Wow. It that means 80% means... of the world hate, like basically 80% of the world hates their life. Yeah, exactly. And I think the reason why I'm like promoting the, the fact that I was an engineer before and I dropped my job to follow my dream mm -hmm. is because I want to inspire other people to do so. And I think 
it's really hard in the beginning because everybody tells you like don't do that and yeah just keep keep your job you can make money every week you don't have to worry about anything and that's what people were telling me in the beginning and i really hated that because i really had this vision in my mind that i wanted to become an artist a full-time artist and people around me were telling me stuff like artists only can only live from their art when they're dead <laughs> so people around me like people i really trust were telling me stuff like this yes yeah. and that was really hard to like uh fo focusing on a vision while having people around me telling me this kind of stuff every week so i knew i had to get away from the negative comments so oh, that's why vancouver Yeah, so first I wanted to move to Toronto, but I have family there. And uh, when I told them I was thinking of moving there, they wanted to help me. And uh, like, <laughs> and you needed, you need, no, but you needed that. It's so interesting because Matt, like, I, I've never told you that, but I remember that dinner that we had. I got home with my girlfriend at that time and I was like, fuck first of all it's so cool because because you're you went through like an entrepreneurial journey yourself like just become like i want to do what i want to do and like i want to become an entrepreneur like whatever like and people were kind of like not judging you but like obviously asking a lot of questions and i remember getting home and i was like huh first of all so cool that he's moving and doing what he wants to do but more importantly i was like why vancouver he has family in toronto and i remember telling myself like wouldn't it be like so much simpler to go in toronto But I never realized that it was actually the purpose was to get away from everyone and just be focused on yourself and your and your own vision, quote unquote vision. Yeah. So I wanted to I like the big cities. So uh, I knew I wanted to move to a big city and Vancouver was really far. But uh, I think it was the price to pay to be really far from the negative comments. And I wanted to be in a place where. There was no distraction. So every day I could just work on my paintings or in my vision, my art. And uh, like I had nothing, nothing else to do. Right. So when I left, actually, I didn't know when I was going to come back. I had no, no plan of coming back like a year later. Yeah. But in a year, I managed to accomplish uh, really astonishing things, I think. And... Uh, Yeah, uh, I think I managed to prove to everyone in Montreal that I can live from my art and I can do this. So that's when I decided to come back. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I did that, man. This is the best de decision I ever made. It's so cool because I I wanted to ask that question because I I was suspecting that it was like such like a, a personal and entrepreneurial uh, journey that you went through, but it's actually much more than what I had thought. So anyway, Matt, I'm. I think it's so cool. Um, I I do wanna I do ask wanna ask because you just said something. Living out of your art, like, are you? Uh, and don't get into numbers because that's personal. But like, are you living out of that now? Is that like your full time job? Yeah, uh, I do that full time, and like you said, I I don't want to say numbers, but I'm making way more money than if I was a engineer. Like way more. You have no idea. And. <laughs> It only took me a year. And you know what? I think people don't realize that is social media is so powerful that you can reach so many people and you can become a sensation famous uh, in like overnight. And I think 
30 years ago, if you wanted to live from your art, yeah, it was really hard because you had to go to galleries or have your paintings posted in the newspapers or in magazines. And if you wanted to reach like a thousand people, it could take you like months. And today you can just do a video in one day or one week, do one painting, you post post it on social media and uh, on TikTok, especially you can have like three followers and yeah. post a video on a Thursday night and get 30 million views in 24 hours because of the way the algorithm is made. Mm-hmm. And um, I think people uh, who, if someone wants to live from their art, I think the fastest way to do that is uh, using this amazing opportunity that is TikTok and the amazing algorithm. And now we're lucky because uh, Instagram has the same thing and YouTube and yeah. Snapchat. So, so one, one thing that really like struck me about like your story and like moving to Vancouver was that like from an early age, you always had this goal of making it as an artist and living off your art. And you went through all this, like, you know, you went through a bachelor's degree, you went through a bunch of jobs before being able to reach that goal. And you really had to like move away from your hometown to really be able to like focus in and really make it happen. So in some, to a certain degree, you've done what you were set out to do. How does that feel? Um, I think it feels really good because every day I feel like I'm working on my, on my own goals and my passion. I don't feel like I'm working for someone else. And like, I really like what I do. And I like it so much that everything else looks boring to me. <laughs> like I have to make some really big efforts to like uh, enjoy the other things in my life. Not really, but I think you get the point here. <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah. <laughs> but you love your really... job, which is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And I think everybody can get to this point as well. Uh, they just need to uh, believe in themselves. I think that's the first step to achieving anything is believing you can do it. And if people around you don't think you can do it, just uh, get away from these people, at least for a short time until you can convince them that you can. Yeah. And like for, for artists out there who are like you and who want to leverage like social media and sort of these like new platforms, what would you say would be the two to three takeaways of making something that goes viral? Wait, what do you mean by the takeaways? Like, what, what do you think you've learned about making like stuff that goes viral? Like, what could you tell other people like to, to aim for, I guess? What's make, what makes a video viral, you think? Okay. Uh, so I think, first of all, I think there are three things that make a video viral. So first you need to have uh, an intrigue. So as soon as the video starts in the first second, you need to, uh, your video need to, needs to have something that will make the viewer want to listen to the whole video. So for me, it's, I think the intrigue is what is he painting? So I only show the full painting, the result at the very last second. So, uh, yeah, so that's number one. And then number two, if you're using TikTok, uh, I think the best way to go viral is using the trending songs. So um, there's a, uh, you can just go on TikTok and there's a tab where you can just see all the trending songs. And if you use a trending song, uh, 
you just get a lot more views automatically because the way the algorithm is made is if everybody is using a song, then uh, wait, if I use a song and somebody else uses a song, then TikTok will show my video to the other person because the algorithm thinks that the other person likes the song because they, the person used it. So the more people use a song and if you use it, you're going to get more views. And uh, I think the last thing would be to keep the videos around 15 seconds because uh, otherwise you lose the attention of the viewer. So keep the video short, um, create an intrigue at the beginning in the first second and um, use trending songs. And I would add the fourth one, which is, I already said it, but just show the result if you're doing like painting or whatever you're doing just show the result in the last like 0.5 or one second. So people will want to rewatch it, rewatch the video to see the full result again. And that's good for the algorithm. I, I, I am the living proof of that. I, I probably watch your, and I'm probably a bit biased because I, 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 I know you, yeah. um, but I watch your video at least like five times and I'm like every time, shit, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, one thing that we that we love uh, that we love to do uh, to wrap up episodes like that, and I think your first of all your your story, Matt. I've told you that before, but I think it's one of the now that I know all of the details of it. I think it's one of the best entrepreneurial story that I've heard because um, not only like, and I guess it might be because I'm used to like tech like startups entrepreneurial stories, but I think it's it's so cool that you just pursued what you wanted to do and that what you wanted to do was art. Um, what would you what would be like two or three advice or tip that you tips that you'd give to aspiring uh, artists out there um, or people that do want to I guess enjoy their life and be happy uh, what would be tips and tricks that you would give them um, based on your personal experience yeah I think I already said a few of them but I'm just gonna repeat them yeah. I think it's important <laughs> um, so first of all um, you need to have a vision and believe in your vision and surround yourself with people who believe in you. Uh, and if they don't believe in you, just keep them out of your life um, as much as possible. And I think the second one would be um, find a way to make videos that are, that is uh, find an interesting way to make videos and uh, just use uh, the amazing algorithm of TikTok. So make sure you find a nice way to do short videos to showcase your paintings and post them on Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, Snapchat, uh, Snapchat Spotlight, and TikTok. And use you know a platform, what? basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? It's crazy because the thing I just said, I know so many artists on TikTok that don't even repost their videos in Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts and Snapchat Spotlight. And they are all the same. So you can just do one video and repost, repost it on four different platforms and get so many exposure. Um, and last one, I would say, um, um, just, just follow your dreams. And uh, I think life is too short to just do something you don't like. You're like, until you die. And there's this uh, Tom Segura uh, said 
this thing once and I really liked it. He said, um, always go after your dreams. Otherwise, what's the point in living? And I think that's really true. And uh, and everybody should just do what they love, what they like, what they love. And I, I don't think anybody likes to stay in an office from nine to five in front of a computer screen and just work with uh, Excel sheets or stuff like this and uh these days it's so easy to go viral and start living from your art with social media it's a really big opportunity and we're really lucky to have that and i think everybody can use that to uh follow their dreams as soon as possible amen amen to that all right tianxi do you want to take us home yeah so um before we close, uh, would you have any sort of social media outlets or any sort of platforms where you'd like our listeners to perhaps get in contact with you or like watch your videos? Um, so I answer all my Instagram messages. So if you have any questions, if you want to live from your art and you don't really know where to start and you have more questions and you have questions that were not answered in this podcast, just reach out to me. I answer all my messages. And uh, like I said, my goal is is not to like make money and uh, become famous. My goal is to inspire people to follow their dreams like I did. And uh, I will be more than happy to help anybody out there to do exactly that. That's that's what I, that's my goal. I want to inspire as many people as possible to reach their full, full potential. So uh, don't be shy. Just send me a message and I'll answer and uh Let's uh, let's keep in touch. So it's Matt Chesco um, with two S C H E S S C O um, on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, it, <laughs> basically every outlet that exists. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, yeah. Matt. Uh, it was it was such a pleasure to have you on. Um, I'll say it again and again, um, but. It is. Uh, it, it's truly an honor to see you uh, to to have seen you evolve uh, through the years, and I'm I could not be more happy for you. Uh, and, and and you deserve everything that's happening to you. Um, you're so far, and and again, you, you've 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 evolved so much being with us at Front Row, but you're so far from what you you you've you were when you were with us. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's two hundred percent a compliment. So uh, I cannot wait for what's coming for you. Thank you, and. Uh... I'm really lucky that I found you and Front Row Ventures because I learned so much from the experience you provided me. And I don't think I would be anywhere close to where I am today without Front Row Ventures because of all the amazing people I met and just the, conf- the confidence that uh, Front Row Ventures brought to me and also this aspect of like uh, managing my career as a business. Yeah. Uh, without Front Row, I, I would be managing stuff really differently so i'm really grateful for that and thank you man wow all right thank you so much have a great day man dear listeners thank you guys so much for listening to a third episode of backstage pass by front row ventures i really hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it because it was such a blast on our end If you'd like to stay up to date as to what we're doing at Front Row Ventures, then you can follow us on social media or look at our website, frontrow.vc. 
Also, if you really, really enjoyed our episode, then feel free to rave about it to all of your friends and to share it on any of your social platforms as you see fit. Thank you guys so much for listening and see you next time.